We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That game got away from us in the first half. We've got to find a way to start faster. Uh, those guys did a fantastic job. Akers is an amazing player. And uh, I coach, uh, coach Willie, obviously, that was a good football team. They did a nice job as coaches, and we need to regroup and get back home to the Dome and see if we can find a way to get a, get a, get a W, which we haven't had in a long, long time. Uh, we know Ryan Alexander left the team earlier this week. What can you kind of share about that? You said you were going to make adjustments to the lineup. Did his decision to leave precede that, or was it afterward? It actually was pre- he. He made that. Uh, he decided to quit before all that happened, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't. He didn't come talk to me. I haven't spoken to him. So, so how I, did you find out? He just didn't show up Tuesday. The uh, old line coach. He called his own line coach and told him. What is? What does that do to a team that's already going through this? How did you, how did you see the guys maybe react to it early in the week? More, we don't react to guys that quit. <laughs> Saw the quarterback take off and put his body in harm, which was whoa. Okay, that was good. So there's some good things out there that we need to build on, but uh, overall, I think we need to continue to grow. They they were they were blitzing us a lot, and and if you go back and watch the tape, here's the thing: they were blitzing a whole bunch in the first half, a whole bunch. Yeah. They didn't blitz nearly as much in the second half, and that could be some reasons for the success as well. And what we need to do is go back and handle the blitz better. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the first Syracuse Sports Podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. Welcome Happy Sunday to all of you. It is Sunday evening. The NFL's wrapping up. For some people. Yeah, during this recording, by the way. That's what's going on. So, the Syracuse Orange football team sits at 3-5, and 0-4 oh in the ACC after being handled by FSU Saturday. The uh, hopes of a bowl game dwindle that much more as Syracuse still hasn't beaten a Power 5 team and are the only ACC team Without a conference win. So it stings even more once again on this Sunday after game day. So we will get in to all of that great stuff. But I want to first talk about these good folks. Good folks they are. Over at Manscaped. Manscaped is supporting Armchair Media. And they're also supporting this podcast Uh, They are the number one men's below-the-belt grooming kit. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Joe, you love it. You need this. You need this. Look, they sent me a sample. It's great. I got got a sample kit, bro. I got a whole kit here. There's cologne in here. There's this thing right here. This thing's called the plow. 
Look at this. Don't do that to your shower bag. Dude, tell me how scary the hell looks. I am not putting that nowhere near <laughs> where it's supposed to go. What is that? <laughs> it is an old-timey looking like straight razor type thingy. And uh, that's not coming anywhere near the stuff. But, hey, there's there's uh, there's um, below-the-belt ball deodorant in here. Okay? If you want to smell good. You know what I'm saying? The Mower 2.0 trimmer. This thing's waterproof. This thing's waterproof. And it's engineered. Oh it's, it's, it's engineered to be to be skin safe. It's got skin safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your man stuff. Okay, you know. So it's gotta be kidding me. So <laughs> accidents accidents are now a thing of the past, Joe. You don't have to worry about nicking yourself anymore. And here's the thing: I know there is someone by the by the amount of people who listen to this podcast. There's definitely been someone who has nicked themselves with their wall hair trimmer buzzers okay and you you use it down that sounds like a personal you, story you use it down below your belt and then you use it on your face that's gross worse yet you use it down below the belt and then you use it to cut your buddy's hair now i know there's <laughs> i know there's someone that has actually done that and that's just nasty so it's like would you wipe your butt and then blow your nose with the same stuff i doubt no, it no sean no I the answer is no right so manscaped also has the crop the crop preserver that's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer okay uh you already put uh, put deodorant under your armpits now why aren't you putting it down there i mean you might as well they make this stuff here's the thing get 20 percent <laughs> off plus free shipping with the comb with the code armchair at manscaped.com Always use the right tools for the job, guys. Okay? Your balls will thank you. So, get the 20% off in free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code armchair. And listen, you get this lovely kit. Comes with a toiletry bag and everything. We'll we'll dive into the kit a little more. We'll dive into the kit a little more sometime. We don't need to. No, you want to see? Look. You want? No. Are you no. Sure? No. Uh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 It's supposed to be fan friendly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, check out the Manscaped kit. Check it out. Thank you, Manscaped. All right. So as we reached the end of the week, the news of Ryan Alexander leaving the program broke, and I think it was Thursday. Turns out he just quit, and uh, coach, coach. Um, didn't hold back, I don't think, as, as well as a coach could. Um, uh, that probably didn't help things heading into south, uh, heading south of Florida on Saturday. I did say it last week, and I'll say it again. It's like Groundhog Day each and every game because uh, we're not seeing anything new on offense. I don't see any creativity. It's very pedestrian and predictable. And in this game, you can also add to that poor clock management. DeVito was sacked seven times. And mm. Syracuse leads the nation in giving up sacks now with 42 of them. Weapons like Luke Benson weren't weren't used uh, or utilized, I should say. And the hurry-up offense, I think we touched on this last time too, I think needs to be tabled until they can sustain drives. It was just it was wearing the defense out. The Orange yep. uh, committed 14 penalties for 107 yards. Five of those 14 were false starts. That puts them at 78 penalties for the year, second to last in the country at 129th. 
And mm. uh, we mentioned that the defense was going to have to be on their game when wrapping up Cam Akers, one of the best in the nation. Well, Akers rushed for 144 yards and four TDs, a game best for him on 20 on 20 carries. Uh, the silver lining, if there was one, the orange did end, end the day rushing with 192 yards, which is awesome. Uh, 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, Mo Neal, 74 yards on 20 carries. Abdul Adams, 56 yards on 11 carries. Each of them with a Russian score. Those two Russian touchdowns are the first and second against Power 5 teams by SU so far this year. The, I know. Can you believe that? I had no idea. Uh. Syracuse's streak of 21 straight games with a forced turnover came to an end. The Orange's takeaways, the orange, the orange's takeaway streak dated back to 2017. Shouldn't have. Against Boston College. Andre Sisko, he had one. He had one in his hands, man. He, he knew it. He knew it. He missed it. Unfortunate, but that was the best shot to get one. Trying to make a big play. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. He's looking ahead. It's unfortunate. And again, that's what happens when uh, your offense can't score and your defense feels like they actually have to, like, put points on the board if they have a chance. And, I mean, that's great to think like that, but, you know, things like that happen when, when it comes to that point, so... I mean, what did you think? I thought we've heard a lot about the play calm here and there, and it's not been great. But didn't you expect a little something extra this week? I mean, there was a little bit. There was a little bit. I'm not saying there wasn't any. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Kind of just looks. It looks the same. It looks <clears> the <throat> same, right? That's what Florida I'm saying. State's, Florida State's got some some NFL, some NFL draft picks. Uh, in their defense and their secondary is pretty athletic and obviously Cam Akers and even their their uh, their second string back there with Laburn, um, those guys are both really good. So, uh, you know, they busted out the Wildcat. I was afraid of some stuff like that. I wasn't afraid of Cam Akers passing, you know, but we did talk about him in the in the pre 
um, the pregame podcast. And again, um, he definitely did what I was afraid he was going to do without a doubt. And I mean, there were times when we did, we kind of held them, you know, and when those things happen, we got to be able to take advantage of it and put points on the board. We never did. And if you just don't jump on them and put points up, like, like we talked about, then I knew eventually Cam Akers would start to break those type of plays because defense try to, to do too much instead of, you know, wrapping up and making a tackle. They're trying to, you know, force the ball out or, you know, trying to strip the ball and make a play. And, you know, it's just, it was unfortunate. But the first half looked exactly like pretty much every first half of the last couple, three, four games. I know. And I guess that's, I guess I was expecting maybe a little something different there. Um, you know, obviously the departure of Ryan Alexander was just as, took, probably took the coaching staff off by surprise a little bit. To by say surprise, the least. yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got that and you've got. But who knows? Traveling. Maybe he knew that he was getting replaced. Maybe that was part of it. Maybe. And then he didn't, you know, he didn't want to fight to get it back, you know? I don't know. It seems like. I'll it. tell you, I mean, it didn't look, I mean, it didn't look worse. No, it didn't look no. worse. <laughs> it didn't. I so, disagree with and coach. And again, look like what you that, talked about. What's that? I, I think I disagree with a little bit with coach that I mean he saw improvement. I don't know if I saw a ton of improvement <sighs> there. I, I don't know. It's so hard to tell sometimes. You know, you're looking at yeah. seven sacks, you're looking at what was DeVito. Well, and um a couple of them were on DeVito. He's gotta get the ball away on some of them. But Yeah, yeah. Twenty for thir- twenty of thirty three for hundred and fifty one yards. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, By the again, way, like we talked about, it was it's it's tough. I mean, Devito was only sacked played... six times, and Tristan Jackson was sacked one time officially. By the way, right? So. Yeah, you just wonder sometimes if he's just afraid to make certain plays, or you know, if it's the play calls are just missing. I don't know, you know. But to speed up, like we talked about, to go fast, to run on third and two or third and three or something when you're not really getting a push. And then you're punting the ball. You know, at some point you just feel bad for the defense. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, our team is it is what it is at this point. There is no magic wand or magic player that's going to come back and, and make that offense, you know, kind of click. Sometimes when you get that kind of turnover, this is some some things happen like this. Sometimes it takes a little while and sometimes multiple years to kind of get that identity with that offense um, as they grow up together. Because we have a lot of young guys out there in key positions where they really can't be young. Yeah, uh, there was, you know, the defense, I thought they were good at times. They let two quick scores go, and then they really started to settle in. They did a good job. They had the one Man. the one trick play again. They got trick, They got hit on for, it was like a 54-yard gain. Ugh. And um, it was over. That play was over. And, yeah. and Cam Akers throws it back. And... Um, to Hornybrook and then you know and then that, yeah. and it was just a mess after that it's just well you know. yeah I mean we, we constantly harp on the little things and again all these all these toss-up games and everything it's just one of those things where it's the little things and when you're second to last in penalties and your last place in turnovers and you know your special teams isn't as good as it was last year as far as putting field goals and three points up on the board and you know, we're just not having those all the turnovers in, in certain lucky plays. Uh, I mean, this is you kind of see what happens, and we we've seen it, and just it's unfortunate. 
because, you know, those little things could definitely have helped us win a couple games this season like it did last year. But right now it's just not looking like it's in the cards. It hasn't been so far. Schmidt is on the schneid. (laughs) I mean, to be quite honest with you, he's just been – he's been – um, he's been missing. He's been missing ones that he would make last year. So, right. um, and you know the one play that I saw. Well, when I saw it, I was wondering it myself. But then it hit social media, and everybody noticed it was the uh, down twenty five points, uh, third and seven, and they decided to run the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And you just got to think to yourself. I mean, what are we doing? Did we give up? Uh, were we trying to trick them? Were we trying to get them off their game? You right. know, but it, once it's said and done, if it works, I guess you're a genius. But if it doesn't work, it's like, what are you doing? Right. Right. So, yeah, at this point, again, uh, you just I mean, every every Saturday I wake up and I'm optimistic that we could right. possibly put it together and, and get and get, you know, get a W. But um, you see this happen. You see this happen in the pros. You see it at every level. Um, you know, you get those seasons where certain injuries you can't come back from. I mean, it's personally happened with us, with Eric Dungy just recently. Um, and then you have those years where you kind of need that year to, for them to kind of lick their wounds and get that experience and kind of get pushed around a little bit before they're, they can be the big brother, um, you know, maybe next year or the year before. And it's, and like I said, or the year after, and sometimes people don't want to wait for that, but that's kind of just, what it is sometimes in football you know last year it was a perfect kind of storm where everything went our way and i mean not all the time not 100 percent, but it, i mean with the injuries and the way that we did those, handle those little things uh i mean that's what got us to where we were not because we have the depth of clemson or alabama or a top 25 recruiting class where we just reload reload right so you you, you lose certain players at certain positions that were key guys key captains players that truly made the identity of your offense and created the identity of your offense and the confidence and continuity of your offense. And you lose those three or four linemen and Dungy and a receiver and a tight, you know, and what do you think, you know, what do you think, Joe, what do you think Dungy, what kind of difference does Dungy make with this team? You just take Tommy DeVito out and you put Dungy in. Well, like, again, we saw it. It's just a dual threat type of situation, uh, just different type of quarterbacks that have different styles. And obviously, Eric Dungy, um, I think sometimes, you know, even Babers, he talks about how good the off, you know the offensive lineman was last year. And I don't want to take anything away from him, but uh, you see it all the time, especially in college football, where those dual threat guys, they give their, chan- their teams a chance to win because they can escape that pressure. And the they don't even have to be the best passing quarterback yeah. because when you're scrambling and when you're running, receivers get open. It's hard for corners to you know guard guys four, five, six, seven seconds when there's a broken play, and that's what those type of quarterbacks create, and that's what Dungey created. On top of the fact that he was a tight end running around six four two twenty five, um, he wasn't the easiest person to stop. And I think that we all kind of underestimated the impact that it was going to be with losing him and especially changing to a different quarterback with a completely different style. So again, where it's a different style where we, we have to create our own identity and figure it out with the players that we got. And the bottom line is, is that we don't have the experience and I don't think the size up front, the strength and size up front with the young guys to, to be able to do what we did last year or really be able to show Tommy DeVito's full potential as a pocket passer. 
And you've got, you know, one of the reasons that possibly haven't been able to do that, obviously, is because we've been one-dimensional. We haven't been able to run the ball. It's been just, you know, maybe run on first down, throw, throw, throw. And you finally got the run game going a little bit. And you heard Coach talk. If you listen to the entire presser, he's talking about, you know, these guys are maybe sick of it. Maybe it's a turning point for the run game. You know, it's good to see them getting some of those those chunks of those bigger linemen in there. the defense yeah. isn't terrible. We've got some big defensive linemen there uh, um, at Florida State. So you, you, I tend to cling on to positive. I, I look, I cling on to negative things too. But there are some positive things. You have to try to find something to just keep it. Keep you know. Look, here's how I look at it right now. For me personally, is I will always have faith. Like you said, Joe, waking up Saturday morning, I always have faith that my team can win because I know it's possible. Okay. Yeah. But my confidence is low, and right. and so with that said, um, you know you well, you can't you, you you cling on to the you know you can cling on to this run game. I think it can improve. We're we're going to be playing Boston College in the dome. I think we're going to see, um, we're going to see some better play. I feel like it's our best chance to win in the ACC actually next right. week. So. Yeah. Well, I think so. Again, too, that's just proof like proof that it's. It's a little bit more than just the offensive line because, again, these teams, when when the games are close, these teams, they blitz us. Blitz, 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 blitz. Because That's blitz stops passes and it stops runs. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you have a quarterback who doesn't have time to look past his first progression and you can send the house and play straight up man, and if he doesn't make that right decision, that you know that he's just going to try to run or drop down or tuck it, then – you're not going to be able to run or pass, and that's really where we've gotten to. That's and, why you've yeah. seen the little swing passes to the to the running backs and the stuff like. It's almost like we need to create a safety blanket for him almost every single play. We can't get cute, like we can't sit here and act like we're going to just line up and just run it down their throat. Uh, and and those are the little things we got to do to figure out how to be able to move the ball. It just seems like it takes a whole half to figure out how to move the ball against these teams. What? And when you're playing against. NFL type players like Akers and possibly the other running back Tamari and Terry, who I thought Melfuan, who played actually really good against. Um, yeah. You know, and again, what, what I talked about in the pregame was I was afraid that I thought Horny Brook throughout the season was the better quarterback for them. And lo and behold, comes game day and who's starting? Horny Brook, which I was worried about. And you saw because you saw his poise and you saw it's. You know, his decision making. He didn't make a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. He's he made good. some smart plays. And he's decent. And, um, Blackman's a little bit more um, athletic, but he's also a little bit more wild in, in his decision making and taking chances. And that could have, you know, maybe that's why they went that other way. But um, I didn't like the fact that they started Hornerbrook. I was actually hoping Blackman was going to start. Uh, so that kind of just messed me up from the beginning. And then with Acres and all that, you know, it's just it's tough, man. You can't. You can't just give up a whole half and not scoring and have your defense out there like that playing against those it's types of players. It's the slow starts. You get you go down thirteen to nothing. Like it's like five minutes into the game. It felt like I know it wasn't, but I mean, you know. And then you you, you talked about well, you know, we seem to figure it out in the second half. But the 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 strategy on the other side of the. Uh, for the other team is totally different in the second half. Too. Right, there's less exactly. blitzes. Right. There's, you know, right. they're running the ball more. They're more a little bit more predictable right. themselves, and mm-hmm. so you, you know, you're able to get those. I mean, let's let's be totally honest here, Joe. Those were garbage touchdowns. Yeah, they were. 
And uh-huh. they weren't blitzing. No. Like Baber said, maybe they were is even against their second team. So again, I mean, we're out there basically using it as a scrimmage to get better. Right. Essentially, for right. all intents and purposes, when that's what you're really right. talking about. And again, Florida State, I knew they had the better playmakers as far as almost as a better game breakers compared to like Pittsburgh and NC State. So that's why I was afraid of a team like that's why I was saying with NC State and Pittsburgh, we kind of could just mull around and get a three three points here, a touchdown here, still stay in the game. I mean, we held NC State to 16 points. So but with Florida State, I knew that we were going to have to keep the pressure on them, not let them pull away and be able to score in the 20s and just to have your defense gassed like that. and Playing from behind play against, again the whole right. game. And 21 to 3 is not an – I mean, it's it's awful, but it's not a, a, it's not a it's not score you can't over. come back from. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, knowing that it was Florida State with those running backs and seeing what our offense was, I just didn't – I just didn't. I was. I wasn't confident at halftime. I really wasn't. So. Yeah. No. I hear you. Well, I wasn't real confident either. But you know, and like I said, keep the faith. But I'm losing. I'm keeping the faith, but I'm losing confidence. Look, no, I definitely keep. I mean, I keep the faith, but sometimes it's I know just you not do. your year, and I think right. it's just right. I get it. You ain't got to defend yourself. Uh, let's hear from the fans. We good? I'm gonna try that. Yes, out. Sir. All right. Let's do it. to hear from you the loud mouths from the loud house alright y'all know what to do go ahead hit the socials up after each game I present the question thoughts on the game and then that's you leave your thoughts it's like magic so um, and it's every game y'all do it well I put out a poll this morning though too uh, Syracuse football will make a bowl game buy sell or hold this is my buy sell or hold question mm. Syracuse football will make a bowl game Cell wins it uh, so far in the poll. Still 15 hours left, but there's no way anybody's catching up. 209 votes, 73% sell. There's more, though. There's 17% for hold, and 10 are buying into that. So about 20 people out of 209 are buying into that. I say... I'd hold. I, look, I mean, at this point, man, I just don't see it. I'm, I would, you'd, hold, you'd hold for one more game, probably. You hit, you get, uh, you get Boston College. You, go, yeah. you might hold for another game, right? You get Boston College, yeah. and you hold for another. game. If we game. lose any of these next two, then oh, we got to win the right. we got to win the next two if right. we want to make a bowl game. Right, 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 right. Um, I gotta be honest. I would just, if I was putting if I was putting money down, real money, I'd sell. I'd sell. Me too. So, um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Tr- I'm just saying. I, I'm I just mean, saying. The, it's the hold. The hold is my optimism, especially considering right. that I'm going. To right. the Duke game in two weeks, and you're going to the Boston College game this week. So it's like, uh, you know, I mean, even if we lose to Boston College, then theoretically it's still, you know, it's a, it's a, it's mathematically possible. It's still mathematically possible. It's pretty, pretty much a win or go home at that point at Duke. Sure. But yeah, I'd like to have that little buffer. Yeah, I know. And you know, we didn't think we'd be here. We were one of the ones I think I predicted in like nine and three or something like that. So, so shame on me. But yeah. But you know what? I don't know if I'll make that mistake again, uh, considering uh, all the all of the breadcrumbs were laid by Coach Babers, and we just yeah, refused well, I mean, to pick yes, them up. Between the bread, <laughs> between the fact that we know now that Babers is gonna, you know, he's gonna throw those breadcrumbs out there, but also the fact of, um, since we've you know been doing this and we've been delving in as much as we have as far as in the podcast and stuff, um, this is really the first time you get to go in and kind of look at the roster, look at everything, and um, 
you know, again, it's just not always what it seems, you know. So we know not to always just let it get out of hand and kind of got to look at what we really realistically are, lo- we're, are losing every year and see really what's going to happen, you know, and actually be not just automatically think that the backup behind him is going to be able to come in and do just as good or better. Yeah, but um, we are going to get into your comments first. So that was the poll. Um, there's still time to vote, but I don't know if it's I don't know if anything's going to change there. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> quite a few votes. So we are going to get into your feedback here in a second. You heard from us. We're going to hear from you, but first we got to hear from the good folks over at my bookie. As a true football fan, you already know. Just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in every game, or the defense will keep them in every game. Uh, really, uh, every weekend. Our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. It's mybookie.ag. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college action, and every weekend they also have the most up-to-date and the most prop bets any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. Um, if you're the kind of guy or gal likes to bet a little and win a lot, try the parlay. Pick your locks for the week and put them in a parlay bet. And uh, when they all come through, the rewards will be huge, Tom. Huge. Tired of watching games from the couch. With nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get you your mind off of everything else. And back in the game, the best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put a thousand dollars down, this is the cap here, a thousand dollars. They'll give you a thousand dollars. That's double your initial deposit. Um, and you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use the promo code Chair to activate that offer. That's promo code Chair to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you to my bookie. All right, let's hit up. Uh, let's hit up Twitter. Let's hit up to Twitter. So we've got at Lore Sprague. Uh, she says there's work to do for sure, but they pulled themselves together to score a bit in the second half, so that was good to see. I think Tommy needs more protection. Well, Tommy needs more protection, but I think I don't know how much how much I'm how much I'm putting into the, the scored a bit in the second half thing, but because we kind of explained that a little bit, but yes, it was good to see them actually score, and the the, the score was way closer mm. despite the ass kick, and it was still way closer than it, than reality though. Right, Joe. right, right, right. So, yeah, they uh, had a handle on that game, unfortunately. Yeah, pretty much. At biggest Q's fan, the D played better after the initial two drives, but they bet in the end. The offense is having some difficulties. No blocking, and Devito was rushing his throws because of it. They need to get this figured out, or wins are going to be hard to come by. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you could have said that last game and the game before. Yeah, it was kind of the same basically, thing, right, yeah. Joe? So, well, it's difficult because you have to sit there and actually find sources of why things are happening and start from there. It's tough, and right? And who knows? Because that could be a rabbit hole, you know? Right, You think right. one thing's the problem, then it's okay, well, what's the source of this? And then you find something completely different, and you keep – and that sometimes can be exhausting for a coach, number one. But, two, it could be very difficult to turn around during the season. That's the one thing is, like, the season is made in the off season and everything. And, again, like you said with the breadcrumbs – we should have we should have listened to Dino when it was spring practice and in, 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 um, in the summer. We should have. 
Yeah. The sure. writing the writing was there. He was trying to tell us. He really basically did. <laughs> and everybody was yes, like, oh, no whatever, coach, what do you like, know? No. You're just you the coach, about? man. What's wrong with you? Why are you so negative? Um, so, yeah, right. <laughs> I watched 10 minutes of the practice. <laughs> I watched highlights, man, uh, at Nettleton Dave. And uh, we put ourselves in that category, right, Joe? No, just, 100%. We're not, we're we are not, there. Every, I mean, everybody was. <laughs> we're not busting on anybody. Uh, we're trolling ourselves at this point. <laughs> exactly. At Nettleton Dave, well, we scored 17, and I don't know the sack numbers, but if it had to be at least eight, it had to be less than eight. Yes, it was less than eight, Dave. It was seven. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, we did. we did say they weren't going to sack. No, I said four. The last two games. I said four. Well, you and, said four. I just said less than the amount is Prior yeah, games. so it's been eight, eight, nine, and seven, and in against a Florida State team that has struggled to sack for like a month. No, allegedly, allegedly, their D line, <laughs> none, no one on their D line had got a sack for the past month. Um, anyway, uh, he says we did find a way to move the ball in the second half. Yeah, well, deceivingly, yes, yeah. It's called Florida State second string. <laughs> At Oil Qs, we better get a QB recruiter that a QB recruit that can run, a grad transfer QB, a decent JUCO left tackle, a center that can step in and play immediately, a new offensive line coach, a new quarterback coach, and that's that's not from freaking Texas. If I remember okay. right, At Oil Qs is from Texas. He he wants to revamp the entire. That's offense. a lot. That's the whole offense. So. Well, I'm sure we could compromise, right? Well, I just look. Look, the play calling is is uh, the only thing that I agree with him is is that again, and you see it even in the lower level schools too. Um, you know, usually when there's teams that can compete uh, against some of the Power Five teams that aren't in the Power Five, uh, they have they have a quarterback that can run a little bit, and that even goes for Power Five schools as well. And I just don't know if right now it's just a kind of a timing thing. That's all. As far as this season goes, we might have been better. I mean, like I talked about it before, if Chance Amin never transfers last year, I mean, he was one of the better athletes on the team. We, we might be seeing him right now. Yeah, but, we were excited about um, him. You know, the state the state of our of our offensive line right now cannot support a pocket passing quarterback. And I know that they want to make it work. And I guess, again, they're just going to do what they need to do to try and, I guess, look at it as – See what happens. It's practice. It's experience. And, you know, Dino Babers is, is pretty good with the optimism and looking towards the future and everything. And he admits some of that stuff. And that's how you got to look at it as a coach. Uh, it's try, how I try to look at it sometimes as a fan. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough as a fan, especially after last year. Because realistically, I thought last year's season was going to be next year's season with uh, Tommy DeVito a year under his belt. This is was my you know, what I thought two years ago. And then last year happened and just reshaped your whole opinion. Of course. Everybody's. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Because once you, it's like one of those things, once you, once you get that taste, <laughs> you don't want it to go away. Well, it just goes to show that, you know, as negative as people are in the fire babers crowd, which let's be honest, is a, is over the top. More, yeah. It's, it's over the top. Yeah. Okay, but it just goes to show that everybody that is still saying that believed that before the season started that they had something. So there's something to be said for that alone, you know, that look, the frustration comes from anger 
And when you're angry, then you then you then you vent, and the way to people vent is on social media talking trash. Right. That's what it comes. And those down same to. people, those same people that are saying calling for Babers is probably the same people last year that were saying that Babers is going to leave. They don't get too comfortable. Babers is leaving for a better school. Yeah, which we don't. You know, at least we don't have to worry about that, right? I mean, some good's got to come out of this. Though I don't think he was leaving anyway. But he did yeah, get that. No, I'm not even worried big, about that. But I'm just saying that's that's but like. You're right. Uh, I get your point totally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at if not now when 84, our good buddy Mike. Another terrible offensive showing. Run game should showed a little life, but again, too little too late. I'm one or two games away from giving up on this team. Now, Mike, that is unacceptable. Yeah, number one. First off, I thought you were supposed to go to the Duke game, so it can't be one more game. Number one. Right, right, right. Well, look, again, these comments are immediately after the game. Right. And a bit of frustration there. Now, look, yeah. I will say this. I do understand that mindset. Like, I'm ready to give up. Obviously, you're getting, you know, you're getting your ass handed to you. At some point, you just throw your arms in the air like, whatever. You look, know? It's tough to come in and, and just, you know, be optimistic all the time. I think that's more or less where he's going with it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's com- it's a- It's completely acceptable. In the middle of a Saturday afternoon... If you don't want to watch a thirty-five to three Romping. football game, sure, and you want to, you know, you want to give up on that game that afternoon and go do whatever you need to do, whether it's the honeydew list or go out to dinner or whatever. As long as you come back next week with the same amount of optimism, ready to go, that's all I ask. Right? Yeah, and let's be honest, he will. <laughs> oh yeah, he will. Um, so he's a longtime listener, and. Uh, he, you know, he's there on social media during the game, every game. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. not seen him. So, um, Dave on Facebook says DeVito showed a lot of heart and grit by running with determination. Maybe he gained some confidence today. There was a point in the game where DeVito was like, I got to do something. Right. I've got to do something. And what I have been doing is not working. And he did a couple really good runs couple first downs he took some um he took a head-on collision again after being hurt two (laughs) weeks ago and i mean maybe you don't like to see that but it shows balls and it shows it shows determination and it shows grit and it shows that he's not getting manscaped look that's right did you know (laughs) (laughs) no you didn't? No, you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right, dude. 100 yeah. percent right. I mean, it showed he didn't give up. They were getting their asses kicked when he took that hit. Well, that's again. It comes down to I just I still don't see the give up, and I don't care if it's second string this, this, and that. And I don't care. Sometimes that's embarrassing. You know, you're a first string offense. You got three points on the board or whatever, and you're going against the team's second string defense in the third quarter because you're getting your like you said, ass whooped. Like at the end of the day, you got to get. You want to be pissed off? You go out there, you take it on, and you learn something, you know? Because that's embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. I've been there, done that. Because those guys, you know what they want to do? When that's like that, they just want to get off the field, you know what I mean? But to not give up, to go out there, and to continue to try, even though it was against whoever, again, that's the one thing, like I said about Babers. I've seen teams with coaches, probably every coach – since Pascaloni, every coach, probably other than Marone, 
So there's a good, there's a kind of a good in the a yin and a yang, if you will, to the La Familia thing, right? To in a sense, where yeah. where these guys don't give up because they have been they have been instilled in them that mentality, right? And we talked about the winning culture that they had, they got last year and everything with Dungey and going ten and three, and at this point, um, you know when you when you have that kind of confidence, you you know you do have some talent. Like you, it's embarrassing. Like we said, it's embarrassing. You get mad. You get pissed. And now it's all about going out and proving them wrong. And they still, you know, everybody else wrong. You know, all the critics they were they were all talking about you. Now it's awful quiet. Right. You know, you're you're three and five. No one cares about you. No one's talking about you. You know, they're talking you up, but they will leave you real quick when you lose like this. So. You know, I hope that it turns into, you know, energy to where they can go on the football field and they can turn it into a positive. And with, you know, again, we talk about it all the time, cohesion and getting an identity on offense. And and again, with that kind of coaching, <laughs> with that kind of coaching. And hold on, hold with, on. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just saying the, the way that he coaches, it's only going to motivate them into the offseason. And you don't want a team in shambles giving up questioning the coach going into the off season. So I want everybody to know how dedicated Joe is right now. Okay. That <laughs> those tinks, those thunk, thunk, those thunks you hear, those are acorns from an oak tree that are hitting Joe's <laughs> car because he's sitting in the, in his girl's driveway doing yes. this, doing this show. Cause she, he's over yeah. there. She's got three kids and he is sitting in his car doing the show. So this is what this guy does for you. <laughs> okay, he's getting pinged by acorns. And her, in uh, her, yeah. yeah I'd love her. Uh, so, um, let's see. Doug on Facebook, he says, "My number one question right now is how many of the new seven thousand season ticket holders will renew?" I mean, I guess to we'll, be, to I be guess determined. We'll find, I guess we'll find out. Um, you know, and. Let's not try to lead a, an onslaught or a charge. To, yeah, I don't, you know, you know, I think it's so affordable, though, that, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, but there was the excitement built up around that. And, you know, um, it is, you know, it is what it is. Lester on Facebook says, can we seriously start to assume that Dino had time is done here? He makes no adjustments <laughs> at all. I understand that you can only get so much if you don't have the talent on your team, but at least try something different. Albert Einstein is widely credited with saying the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Joe, did we not just say that last week? Didn't we? We did a little. Yeah, we did a little. We talked about yeah. that, right? So, yeah. So in and he here, changed, like I said, he changed up the offensive line. Hey, because he had to. I guess what came first, the chicken or the egg on that, right? Yep. Yeah, we don't know. Probably, but he said he was going to. But here's the, I guess here's the gang of, of the La, Fim, La Familia Ohana deal is that he's dedicated to these people. And I mean, coaches and everything. A lot of these guys he's, have been with him a long time. Right. These coaches well, yeah. he brought. And that's, that's just one of those things where, again, um, you see the difference in player roles some of the too. Yeah. Well, and some well again, and some of the dangers of going for these graduate seniors. Um you know, this guy, he was an honorable mention offensive lineman who wanted to go somewhere, probably I don't want to go as far as saying promised, but for the most part, as long as he got here, he was going to be playing and those type of guys, that's this is their last stop to try to go to the NFL. So, right. um 
you know, so they have they haven't gone through the program. They're not year long, yearly long friends with these people. You know, he's been here since the summer. That's it. And he's there for for all intents and purposes himself, no matter, you know, and it, obviously you saw that with the way that he didn't even call the head coach. I guess he just called the offensive called, line, told him, yeah, told him to offensive line coach, told yep. him that he was quitting. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's again, you know, people, they want to say, well, I mean, they did the same thing last year. If they did it with Coda, you know, Coda Martin the difference is he was already family. He yeah. doesn't have to be there four years when he's married to his coach's daughter. Right. So he was already bought in. When he was going there, he was already bought in. That's so true, there's a Good difference. Point. There's a difference in the graduate transfers, um, and that, that's the danger when you want to kind of bring those type of players in, especially when you preach togetherness and family and things like that. So that was just one thing I wanted to throw out there. Uh, he just we were excited about him because we wanted to compare him to last year, and he obviously. He he didn't buy all the way in, and he wasn't um, prepared. We were, we were high on him. I thought he was going to really help out, and he really well. And I think struggled. a lot of it, he struggled. Oh yeah, and I think a lot of it is the aura of what happened last year. Ricota Martin just came in, and it was like, oh wow, he just came in, wretch, graduate senior. He just plugged right in, and he was great. You know, so yeah, I think everyone excellent. expected the same thing, and I, I I did too. I was excited for the kid because I you know I thought maybe. And then when you actually look back and you see how this whole thing unfolded, yeah, you know, and, and we skipped. There's the- no, there's, there's nothing in my mind that I mean. Imagine Coda Martin, even if he wasn't good enough last year, Babers tells him, "Oh, hey, I'm going to start this guy over this guy." You think he's quitting? Right. No way. You're married to my daughter. You're going to quit. Yeah, you live in my uh, basement, son. I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I think we, exactly. we just found out what we found out that he just he wasn't we, he didn't have it in him to be part of the part of the family family. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we skipped over this, though. What Lester said, uh, can we seriously start to assume that Dino's time is done here? No. What are you going to do? It's like, well, easy is, to skip over because that's because it's asinine. But here but here's the thing. And, and you got to think about this. OK, so. Like, oh, OK. Syracuse fires. Uh, John Wildheck fires uh, uh, Dino Babers this year. OK. Then you bring in a new guy. Well, two years from now, all of a sudden he's got he's got this older team that he can do something with. And then, you know, once the turnover starts, then where are we? Where are we at again? You know, why, right. why not just keep this guy here? Obviously. And just let him do his thing, like Joe. Right. Like Joe said, this should without last year. This was kind of expected. So you know, maybe some. You know, the success was so good last year that is a different. It would just put us in a different place. You know, right? So. Well, I mean, you've seen it throughout Syracuse when you see, when you look at like Marone's years. He didn't have the greatest years his first couple years. Uh, then he gets Nassib in there. He grows. I mean, I remember his freshman year. He, I think he he split starts and split playing time with Greg Paulus, who came in, and then, you know, he had three years of playing. And by the time he right. got to his junior and his senior year, he was. I mean, I think we, we went to two bowl games in a row, I believe, and he ended up being getting drafted in the NFL. And then it was kind of silent for. And then it was kind of silent for a minute, right? Then we get Terrell right. Hunt. Terrell Hunt got to his junior year. And he was pretty good. He was a little shifty, and everyone was looking forward to him. What happens? He gets hurt. Got to bring in Eric Dungy. Comes in true freshman. So you see as it goes that it's kind of the only time we've really had bowl games of success is once our quarterbacks have gone, gotten to the junior, senior year, three, four years in, um, or four or five years in, so to speak. So, uh, again, this this 
it's just one of those things, growing pains when it comes to to having to just kind of resurrect your offense when you lose so many people. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, look, uh, one more uh, from the Cuse Yourself group. Defense was gassed early with consecutive three and outs. DeVito has heart. Uh, to lead this team, just needs to learn pocket presence. Offensive line still uh, still can't pick up a blitz. Blocking scheme is horrible. Kavanaugh needs to go. Play calling is more of the same old, same old. Predictable, predictable, predictable. Lynch should have his job in jeopardy. And he goes on. You can check that out on Facebook if you want, if you want to see it there. Um, yeah, I mean, those are all the, yeah. That's kind of what we've seen. You know, right. uh, the consecutive three and outs, these are these slow starts at the beginning of these games. And when you see your team come, they go three and out for freaking every time. I'm like, well, you could, it sets the freaking pace for the game. It, yeah. it sets the pace. And they haven't, I don't know if they don't defer or if they've just been getting the short end of the stick on this. But it seems like, you know, the, these teams get these leads. And then after the half, we're kicking off to them to come out right. to start the third, which yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, because you're already down, and you know, we've talked about. I mean, as far as as far as the, the the Kavanaugh stuff and the Lynch stuff, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't. Here's the I, thing: that's those are those are Babers guys. This we talked. We were just touching on this with the Ohana stuff. Right. I don't know. I don't know where I just the line don't think is. Nobody there. had nobody had a problem with any of these coaches last year when we went ten and three. So, and, well, there and are some deficiencies, and, though, Joe. The play calling well, has not been great, to say the least. This year? This year. There was questionable play calling last year. I remember talking about it. Right. Yeah, there was. 100%. So, um, but I think there was also a lot of those things came down to, I think that Eric Dungy, I thought last year, actually was injured. I thought his shoulder was injured, and there was a reason why in certain games he wasn't able to make certain throws, and I think that's why certain play calls were like that. You know, there's always – you never know what the – you know, behind the, the scenes reason. reasons are for some of these, some of these things, you know, and right. uh, overall, yeah. I don't think anybody would have called for any coach's job last year after a 10 and three season. Well, there was, it's funny because that, uh, at fire Babers on Twitter, I went through this with Dan Lyons from, uh, I think he's from Noon's Magician. Uh, he posted it. People were posting this thing and I saw, I went there cause I didn't even know it existed. So I went there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I do remember this. It was from last year. That thing started up last year in October. It's got zero followers, and they follow zero people. So whoever created it probably forgot about it. But, no. you know, so there was there was those rumblings at one point last year. And, and I don't remember the specific situations where they came up, but they were – that was crazy. I mean, don't you remember talking about that? People calling for Babers' job last year? Through all I don't – no, because, uh, like, I, I, th- I think – there was a point when we did have some type of conversation where we were talking about we had some people calling for a job and other people saying that he was going to leave to get a better job right, all at the right, same time. Right, right, right. And right, right. like that's just how blasphemous it is. And like I said, at, at the end of the day, coaches, I mean, sometimes it is personnel. Sometimes it is injuries. And I don't think that based off of one year, a coach should be fired unless there's some real just internal kind of coaching um just butting heads and kind of differing of opinion situations, you know? Uh, But I don't think any of these coaches, I just, again, I, it's tough because when you have the personnel and you can't make, you know, you can lead a horse to water, I guess is really all. Right. Can't make them drink. 
So, so who do you blame? Because uh, nobody's behind the scenes that really knows what's going on. Yeah, I know. But all we can do is speculate. I guess that's what we do. So mm-hmm. uh, in certain, I hate which I hate doing, but it is what it is. Sometimes you have to. So, but here, here's so okay. We're we're beyond the Boston College. We'll give you the Boston College pregame, like we always do. Actually, uh, a three point favorite right now. Preview. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm saying I think this is my, our legit best shot to win a game in the ACC. I really hope. Well, it's looking like the best one. Yeah. Right. I mean, they got they got just absolutely pumbled by Clemson yesterday. I don't know what the final score was, but I think when yeah, I saw they, it, was like, they beat somebody good the next week or the week before. Who'd they beat? I think they beat NC State. Okay, I think you're right, but we'll talk about that later. Look, hey, yeah, basketball started kind of. Hey, <laughs> I missed it. Hey ho, uh, yeah. So right, get this. I could watch it on my TV. <laughs> Another acorn, man. That one hit square, boy. Let me tell you. Yeah, it did. (laughs) I think I see the dent. Um, (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, What was I saying? Oh, I could watch it (laughs) on my phone, but I couldn't watch it on my TV, which which it wouldn't work off the fire stick. But anyway, uh, I watched the game. I thought that this. Here's the thing. My only takeaway that I really had besides the turnovers was terrible, but. Um, 20 turnovers, and between the 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 three big point guards, they had uh, I think they had 12 turnovers between the three of them. Uh, Braswell scored 17 points. He was on fire. I think he missed a total of one shot, and I mm-hmm. believe it was a three pointer. And um, he did hit a, a he hit at least two or three from out there. Uh, he grabbed four rebounds. Three or four. Three was three or four. Okay. Uh, he he grabbed three uh, four rebounds. And blocked a couple shots. So, uh, Kerry scored eight points. He hit a couple threes, or A3. Uh, A3, was it one? I should yeah, probably have the box score in front of me. Um, Gerard, eight points. Uh, he knocked down a couple threes, in which, you know, Buddy hit a couple threes. How many did Buddy hit? See, Bayheim went two for six. Okay. Jalen Kerry uh, went one for one. Bryson Godine, two for four. Joe Gerard, two How many for guys five. scored? How many guys scored? Nine? Ten. Ten guys scored. Now yes. look, I know this is a this I, I know this is a division two school, but they're older right. they're an older team. They're a veteran team. So right. a lot of older guys on there. Uh um and so my one takeaway from watching it on my phone, which is difficult to watch it on your phone than than just watching sitting down on the couch and watching it on TV, but dude, they move the ball well, they play as a team, they they're they're I just feel like there's um something special about this team. To, to watch them, and I hope, gosh, I hope, I hope uh, Gary doesn't leave because um, he's awesome. So, yeah, I, I mean, he kind of had a, a lot of people actually had eight points. There was a lot of, Joe Girard had eight, Bryson Godine had eight, Kerry had eight, Bayheim had eight, and Gary had eight. And it's just going to be awesome to watch this team develop. We got another uh, exhibition game coming up Tuesday. Which you know we're not going to pregame for, but we'll talk about it on Wednesday when we do the Boston College preview. We can probably hit that up real quick. But um, you know, exhibition games are are what they are. We're not going to get too deep into them. But it's just good to see the court being brought back into the dome, and you know, it's that time of the year where we get some overlap, which is exciting. And you know, your Saturdays are your Saturdays are full of football, and your in your weekdays now you got something to do during the week. Oh yeah. No, no, I'm excited about Hughes too. 
Guy went eight for ten, five of seven from three, twenty-four I points. I know. That's the thing, Bam Joe. Like he, Bam, Bam said he could have had forty if he kept him in and he wanted to. Yeah. So how many minutes did he play? Twenty? Or <laughs> no, he probably played more than that. But oh, see, no, the minutes aren't up here. But um, well, I mean, here's the thing: they scored, not as not as much as he's gonna in regular games. That's they, sure. they scored ninety points, and we haven't seen this. I know the competition, but. The scoring, I don't know. Um, it just feels like Fif- it's going to be there this year. Something we fifteen missed. to thirty-two from the three-point line. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If we shoot like that, we're going to have chances. And don't forget, so. we moved we moved the line back. These guys are getting comfortable with that. They're hitting them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And not we got, for, we not got for anything. Of, we Damon. got a lot of three-point shooters. It's going to be figuring out. Yeah, and not for anything. Damon got the hot hand. Damon was nailing them too from deep, real deep. Yeah, I heard. So, so um, they were nailing them, dude. And if it wasn't for that, we'd have cr- absolutely crushed this team. We'd have crushed them by 35. <laughs> so, um, anyway, that's it. That's all we got. Look, if you want to yes, leave sir. a iTunes review, we really appreciate those. Um, um, leave a five-star review and, and, and a comment. You Feel free to embellish. Feel free to fluff us up. You know, it's always best if we read your comment on the air. Uh, we will send you some swag. Um, we'll give you our email. And we'll send you some swag. Just send some swag out today. Or wait, yesterday. Today's Sunday. Mail doesn't yeah. go out today. So anyway, there's some in the mail. And you know who you are. But um, that's it. So I'd like to thank Manscaped. Head over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code armchair. Get 20% off of your kit. Look, I'm going to delve into this kit next episode here we go i'm gonna tell you all about their cologne smells excellent by the way i wore it tonight and mm, (laughs) let me tell you i smell amazing oh i smell amazing i smell amazing right now sure sure you're the only one that knows thank my bookie i want to thank all of you for listening all of you who participated in the fan feedback keep it up we love you guys uh and to uh thanks to james on guitar as always for joe i'm sean we're out of here Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.